So the hubby and I have been re-watching Warehouse 13. And we realized when we got to season five that somehow we had never seen season five. And that was probably because that's when we were switching over to, away from cable and didn't have easy access to it. And I don't know if I'm happy that I didn't see season five or not. But I'd like to go down memory lane with you today and talk about Warehouse 13 on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And yeah, today I want, I want to just walk down memory lane. I, I just I just want to walk down memory lane because we just finished a rewatch of Warehouse 13 because of the Peacock app and it was so much fun. Now if you don't know, this is not an ad, at least at the time of recording this, the Peacock app is the new thing from NBC Universal. And you can watch it with or without a paid subscription. They just put commercials in if you don't have a paid subscription. And it's, it's fine. <laughs> they have some really good stuff there. It's just, as with a lot of these new streaming apps that are trying to get onto the market, they, they don't have the best navigation. But I can't tell you of a streaming app that I like their navigation. So this is a nut that nobody has cracked yet. But they have some of the old sci-fi shows on there. And when I saw that they had Warehouse 13, I was just like, oh, we got to watch Warehouse 13. And we did. And it was great being back with Micah and Peter. 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 Um, ah, Pete. Why can't I say his name? And Claudia. I think that's why. Because I'm wanting to like just get to Claudia. Because Claudia is my heart. And even Jinx. That this time around, I was fine with, <laughs> with Steve Jinx. Just just fine. I was fine. And Artie and the rest of the gang. And Mrs. Frederick and Lena and HG and all the rest. I loved this show so much when it was airing. And I think season five was a big mistake. But we will talk about season five once we get to spoilers. If you are not familiar with Warehouse 13, it is a series based around a shady... Well, shady is a weird word, but let's just go with it. Group of characters who grab, bag, and tag, well, snag, bag, and tag, artifacts that are out in the world that have basically magical powers to keep the world safe from the threat of them. And throughout the course of the show, we learn the lore of the artifacts, why they come into being, how they come into being, and all of that. And it's wonderful. It's, it's a great show. The chemistry between the actors, the characters, it, it all works out so well. And the stories are just fun because while it, for the most part, stays kind of a monster of the week kind of show, even when it does start adopting more overarching storylines in the later seasons, it, it never loses sight of what it is, that it's a goofy comedy. It knows it's a B-movie at heart. And it never really strays away from that. And 
in so many ways, when the Librarian series started, I was hoping it would be more Warehouse 13-y than it was. It was still a good show. I enjoyed it probably more than I should, but I have a problem with Rebecca Romain. I will watch pretty much anything she's on. And it didn't quite live up to the hype that I wanted it to, though it was still a good show in its own right. And we can talk about that if you want. But this this show deserved so much better than it got in its finale. But before 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 I get to the rantiness, before I get to the rantiness, I suppose we should talk about some of the characters and the character dynamics. And then we can talk about how season five flushed all that down the toilet because it did. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a Game of Thrones series. I, I feel like I should say that before we go into the next segment, that this isn't Game of Thrones. It doesn't, like, hard nosedive into the ground the way Game of Thrones did. And the final season has a lot of really great moments in it. It just, there's one choice that they make that uh, they should not have made. <laughs> they just should not have made it. The heart of this series, like so many others, is the idea of found family. That Pete and Micah and Artie and Claudia and the rest come together to actually be the family that they need. The people that they have to have in their lives if they're going to feel sane and normal and home. And that's one of the things that really made this show work, is that the dynamics that they established between the characters really made you feel like you were watching some kind of a family drama, even though you knew the characters weren't related. This is particularly true with the characters of Artie and Claudia, who develop such an interesting father-daughter relationship that it brings a life into the show that it would not have had otherwise. And it does it in a way without falling into any of the tropes that you might expect, like the father knows best kind of thing, or, you know, oh, them rascally kids. Well, I mean, I can't really say that because there's the everything with Pete, but because <laughs> Pete is that wascally kid. But beyond that, it really does show what family feels like and what real found family feels like and I have to admire a show like this that could pull off such an authentic feel given the constraints they had with the story and the time that the characters could be together and the times that the characters could not be directly on target for the stories that they were wanting to tell now that doesn't mean that I don't think that there were some missteps along the way But, for the most part, they pulled it off without a hitch. And the other thing that was really fun about the show is how, while the characters are all very high concept, they're not rigid stereotypes. And this is most, in some ways, welcome and frustrating with the character of Jinx that gets added later in the series, because Jinx is gay and I'm glad that he's gay. It was nice, especially at the time when it was really difficult for queer representation to be a thing on the TV machine, but yeah, they did the 
opposite of putting the stereotypical gay character in and did everything in their power to make him the acceptable gay character. He's he's Will from Will and Grace, who is gay if you are told that he is gay. And that, 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 that's a problem because they put in a lot of storylines to reinforce that. And it makes for some very awkward moments between him and Pete, which in a way makes Pete much more endearing because you can see that Pete is trying to show his acceptance of Jinx without knowing exactly how to do it because he's so bound up in this idea of sex and sexuality and his own heterosexual headspace that he, I, I'll just say it this way. I I've met several Pete's in my life who think that they're God's gift to women. And if you are into men, you must also find them ravishingly attractive (laughs) and often like do performative acts of, you know, showing off their muscles and like you're welcome for that it's like I I didn't ask and you're not my type and just why why and it's the most in a lot of ways relatable thing in this entire series that yeah I I just yeah I've had to roll my eyes at many a Pete over the years who's trying desperately to show you how much they accept you by doing things that they don't realize are going to make you feel so awkward in their presence that it almost backfires and does the opposite. But it works in their relationship and the fruit fly relationship between Steve and Claudia works rather well too. But yeah, we're just going to have to talk about that, aren't we? Claudia is one of those characters that in any other story would have been the queer representation. Not in that she's a lesbian or anything like that, but that they just would give all of the stereotypical qualities of a queer character to her to live out in a more socially acceptable way because she's female and thus much much more accepted to be femme. And I do love how they play with this in that she is very much the prototypical gay character. He is very much not the prototypical gay character. And she constantly says to him, Oh my goodness, how am I gayer than you are? Why am I a better gay? And for some people that may seem harsh or that may seem off-putting, but as somebody who's grown up in the community my entire life, Oh my goodness. Yes, I've had that conversation with so many people who, you know, like when people found out that I didn't watch Desperate Housewives or any of the real Housewives shows, like I I, pretty much if it has the word wife in it, I probably haven't seen it. And you always get that, how am I gayer than you are? Well, it's not like required for the pink card. Like to, to keep my pink card, I have to constantly say nice things about Bette Midler. I have to support most of what Ryan Murphy does because he's head of the queer mafia now. And I have to be all about the Lady Gaga. 
because apparently she's our new queen. But other than that, I can pretty much do whatever I want. And the, the real housewives and all of that were never really a part of the requirements on the membership form. So, yeah. <laughs> Not that there's actually a membership form. And I shouldn't have to explain that that's a joke, but there are so many kooky, crazy conspiracy theories out there in the world that I know at some point somebody's going to find that, pull it out, and be like, aha, we found them! And I feel like I just have to say that it's a joke so that I can play this entire clip in its full context and not have to deal with any of that. <laughs> oh, the world that we live in. But at a time when a lot of shows were not doing a very good job with queer representation, we have very interesting bisexual characters like HG added to the show and, and gay characters like Jinx who... Yeah, okay, fine. I'm happy that he wasn't just a stereotype, but we we do eventually meet one of his ex-boyfriends and there's that. But he he's he he is that thing. He is that gay in name only character that they added to the show who just to be overly either different or gay is also Buddhist because I know a lot of gay Buddhists and that's I've always found interesting. But it works. It works for representation, especially in the time period that it came out. And I was surprised that it wasn't more cringy than it is. <laughs> Though, you know, there are moments when you wish the representation was better, but I think that that's true for everything. Artie is one of the most interesting characters on the show. And I think provided a very interesting opportunity for them to have him be kind of the queer patriarch because he's very clearly, I think from like the moment we meet him quote coded queer in the way that he talks, his mannerisms and everything else. Of course he turns out not to be, and that's fine. That's fine. But at least we did get an interesting queer character who could have been, extremely problematic, especially for several of the things that they did with him. And I think that's about all I can say without getting into spoilers. And I, I'm not really going to be spoiling too much. There's one aspect of the season finale that I will be spoiling because it is infuriating. But, yeah. For the most part, I'm just going to be talking about some of... I, I'm going to be less sensory with this because... I love this show so much, I don't want people not to watch it because I gave something away, which is why I'm trying to be fairly, fairly cagey, because now that this show is really easy to watch, I, I really want people to go see it. If this is about when you're going to check out, I will let you know our next rewatch is going to be for Eureka. So if you're a fan of Scandal and you want to see what Papa was like before that show, his character of Henry is a marvel to behold, so... That, that will be the next one on the rewatch that we talk about. You are now entering the spoiler zone. I will be discussing events without censoring myself of events that have happened in the series Warehouse 13, which completed its run many, many years ago. And as you can hear, even my dog is not happy about that. Uh, 
There's one kind of major spoiler from the final season that I will be going after pretty hard. So if you don't want to hear spoilers at all, go watch the show. It's well worth a watch. The one thing that I have a big gripe about is something that I'm just completely throwing out of my head canon, like didn't happen, like, or was a mistake. But yeah, yeah, I'm still... I am not accepting it. But anyway, I'm going to be talking about the show now. So, spoilers are incoming. In five, four, three, two, one. Uh, uh, I, I don't know where to begin with the show except for just like talking about that final season. Because that that that's the problem that I really have with this entire show and what I've been holding about, back about. One, okay, I get it. This was during a weird period on sci-fi and a lot of shows were going through problems with sci-fi deciding whether or not it was going to be the sci-fi channel and all that. But seriously, you're going to do a time travel alternate history storyline in season four that culminates in weird, like Borg texts. And we're going to bring a character back from the dead because time travel to be a villain because Mark Shepard who plays him is now kind of known for his villain characters, and so we're going to bring back Evil Valda to do that. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't know what they were thinking, because it's, it's one of two things. It's either power creep on the part of the show that after they introduced the uh, Paracelsus, they didn't know where to go to top that. But this doesn't really feel like a show that was too concerned about power creep because some of the most powerful artifacts are in the early seasons. So that doesn't feel like the answer there. I just think that they were going for sensationalism and trying to get people in. And there are some great episodes in the fi- in the final season there that that telenovela episode is so good. It's so over the top and so funny. And every time they passed the cufflinks back and forth and back and forth and the horns played and the wind blew in their faces oh my goodness it made me laugh so hard but I, I don't know why you would introduce time travel into a show like this I with the exception of Doctor Who you, you all know if it's not Doctor Who I, I have a thing about time travel being in shows because I don't think it ever works well and I wish Star Trek would just eschew it. Like, when they introduced this idea of the Quantum Prime Directive, it was like, finally, good. We're going to get rid of time travel. We've established something in canon that stops time travel from happening. And no, it just became an artifact of time travel that it's there. And then you had the Time Cops. And then you had the Temporal Cold War. And then we're just going to time travel willy-nilly because we... I guess... Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Time travel never works out well. Because the one thing that I have to say is, like, the Kelvin universe could not happen simply because a tragedy on the scale of the destruction of Vulcan being caused by a time travel incident would be something that the time cops would rectify. They would. They would send people back hunt down Nero's ship and destroy it. And I'm sorry, this wouldn't just Star Trek, but don't do time travel. 
why they decided to do time travel on this show just boggles my mind because it didn't it did no, nothing good for the show to give us future Valda and the it made the end of the Paracelsus storyline strange and just uh, why why like if any story in this was one of two stories in Warehouse 13 that felt like a corporate mandate like I don't know do something cool like time travel Ugh, no <laughs> even even if it does give us interesting characters don't do it Okay, I get it that there are shippers out there. Every possible pairing that could be paired in a show where people could be paired at all. There's somebody out there shipping it. And I don't know who. And I don't want to know. Like, I'm, I, this is one of those things that's been out long enough. A little research might be able to find an answer to the question. Who thought it was a good idea to pair up Pete and Micah and have them have a romantic relationship. But I don't want to know, because I don't want to be angry at someone. I don't want to be mad, I don't want to be livid, and I don't want to just like cut people out of my life forever. So if you're one of those people that thought Pete and Micah should have ended up together romantically by the end of the series, please never tell me. I will definitely think less of you. And I mean that. I really do mean that. Because... If you go back to my first things I said about the show, what worked about it really, really well was the family relationships that they set up. They worked so hard to make Pete and Micah brother and sisters that when out of nowhere, we have this, but you're in love with Micah, but you're in love with Pete. Oh, we love each other here. We're going to kiss now. That's some Game of Thrones level incest stuff that I am not ready for. And I get it. They're not actually related. They're not actually brother and sister. And yes, friends to lovers is a thing. Yes, friends to lovers is a trope. But this is not how you do that. There, there is a possible universe out there where you could have sold me on Pete and Micah as a couple. This is not how you do that. This is not how you get there. This is not the way to do it. Just having two characters just suddenly be told, because they're told by other people, but you love Micah. And then, like a bell going off in their head, oh my goodness, I do love Micah. And then Micah gets told by Jinx, but you love Pete. It's so obvious that you love Pete. Uh. And then to retcon it, by giving us a flashback to an event that wasn't in the original story to be like, she's loved him the whole time. Really? Really? If she did, she would have told him about her cancer diagnosis and not reacted to him like she was going to tell her family because her family's always acts, especially her father, like they're disappointed in her. She doesn't tell them because of the family dynamics, not because she loves them. This is not this is not how you do it. This is not how you do it at all. If if uh, uh, <laughs> like I just want to yell and scream and jump up and down and kick kick something. I really want to kick something. But it doesn't ruin the show for me. 
mainly because it's 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 contained in a few little things and I've seen many a relationship kind of go through this phase of maybe we could be more and then it doesn't work out and so headcanon they had a moment because other people were telling them how much they loved each other because they misread and misinterpreted their actual relationship that this doesn't work for them and they go back to just being brother and sister because that's a story that works so much better for me than the way that they actually played it out because if you are going to write friends to lovers there have to be hints along the way that you're going that way and it those hints are not having other characters mouth the words of shippers in the audience about how these characters just seem like they're going to end up together one day then have them just have it dawn on them all of a sudden oh my goodness i've loved micah this whole time and i don't know why pizza stoner but pizza stoner now Ugh. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 a frustrating weak bit of writing that is surrounded by just an a strange melange of well-written episodes and badly poorly written episodes i'm not gonna say badly because even the episodes i'm not the biggest fans of they, they still worked i still enjoyed them and so on that level they're a success but stop making siblings make out even if they're siblings in a fan in, in a family if they're just siblings in a family like found family don't do it stop doing it i'm done As we often talk about on the show, it's very important for you to deliver on the premise of your promise. And the promise that this show made from its very first episode was that it was going to be about a world of endless wonder. And it was able to pull that off in a way that I don't see a lot of other shows doing because I I, I, I am fond of the collect the magical archetype and magical artifact i don't know is that a trope or a genre of story especially on tv because you have the librarians you have the friday the 13th series I, I think of quite a few of these kinds of shows that i've watched over the years and i'm a big big fan this one more than any of the others just makes me happy it just it found a way to deliver character and story and a magical, magical world that so few series actually pull off in the end. And I wish there was more of it. I wish there was more of it, because you can tell that they were under pressure in their final season. They only got, I think, six episodes, which to me means that they were told that they had to wrap up their season that they, they were given six episodes to just wrap it all up. And it, it shows. It feels very rushed in that final season. And if I I don't know if I will watch that final season next time I do a rewatch of the show. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, just trying to keep it 100 here. I don't know if I will watch that season again. It, it had some nice stuff in it. But uh, the Pete and Micah thing, I just can't. I just can't with that. Like... That, that's a non-starter for me. And so not part of my own canon. So if you haven't watched the show, definitely do. If there are any episodes in particular you'd like me to do a deep dive on, I can I can totally do that. 
The next series we're going to be talking about is Eureka, and I might actually do season by season because of the way that show is formatted. It might actually be easier to talk about it season by season. We shall see, but let me know about that as well. I am doing all kinds of stuff now with the YouTubes and everything, and I just want to remind you that this is the first week of the three episodes a week schedule, so bear that in mind when you are doing your thing that I'm not going to have an episode Tuesday or Thursday, but I will be live streaming Tuesday if you want to join me over on my YouTube channel. Alrighty. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, please let me know. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to listen to the uh, voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on social media. I am CE Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you happen to have a dollar that you can pass my way, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to listener support, my Patreon, and my coffee account for one-time donations. Thank you all so much for helping to support my work and everything that I'm doing. It means the world to me. I am trying very hard to make this life my life and it's not easy, especially with everything going on and your continued support really does mean the world to me. Thank you so, so very much. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you like anything that I do, please share it with others because that makes it so, oh, the hardest part of this job is getting people to know that you exist. And if you can help with that, 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 that's huge. That's huge. And just thank you. Alrighty. I think that's just about everything other than the thing that we have to unfortunately say still at the end of each one of these, even though I do think I might end up doing an episode dedicated to them again, just cause, but remember black lives matter, black trans lives matter. We can't allow the systemic racism in this country to continue unabated. It has to stop. It has to stop. So stay out there, stay loud, stay proud, and we will get the change that we need. (sighs) Yeah. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. May you have the courage to ride your dreams into reality. And as always, don't forget to have the fun. Bye. Bye.